All right. This is the sex talk. I just cut right there to it just to let you know. Just seeing if you're going to grab the kids and leave. Just so good. Good, good. All right. You ready? Here it is. Summer 1998, 1729, Flores Court, Orlando, Florida. I was a young lad. I was 11, 11 years old, home alone with a, rel- a relative who was in high school. Um, and um, I was, we were playing video games, and he had uh, left, left, left my space. <laughs> And I noticed, I would say after a half an hour or so, like, where, where, is, where is this guy at, man? Like, what's going on? So I went in my room and checked and went in the bathroom, and he wasn't there. Went in my parents' room, he wasn't there. And I went into my brother's room, and that's where I found him. He was there looking at, these, looking at a magazine. And, uh, oh, yeah, we're one minute in. I'm already diving in. Already got you moving in your seat. And um, so he's looking at this magazine, and as I approached, he, he didn't stop me. He didn't slow me down or anything. And it was just pictures of things I had never seen before. And it was a new magazine. Let me just cut to the chase. And, um, man, I was devastated. <laughs> I was, like, devastated. I'm like, is that a, a what? A woman? It's it's. I was I was I was devastated. My world was turned upside upside down. And then he proceeded with with no hesitation to show me the stash. And so um, right now the stash is all over the internet. And I'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But uh, the stash back back in my day, I'm talking like I'm old. The stash back in my day was between the mattress and the box spring. And so my brother had this stash of magazines, this treasure trove of things <laughs> that I don't know if my mother was fully aware of. And so, um, but this relative had found the, the, the stash. And um, so the very next year, that, that next summer, evidently my parents hadn't figured this guy out yet, and I was home alone with him. Anyone remember Napster? <laughs> Napster. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember, yeah, yeah, some of y'all don't know about Napster. You Gen Zers and Gen Alphas, y'all don't know about Napster because you live in a YouTube age. You can go to YouTube and type in a video or any song you want to listen to or iTunes or, or what have you, and you can access whatever you want. But Napster, there were some songs and videos that if you wanted to, to download on Napster, it would tell you this is going to take two days to download. I mean, I just want to listen to Michael Jackson. God, leave. Like, it's a two days, so you'll, you'll sleep on it, or this is going to take eight hours to come in, or six hours, or you're real happy when it told you 15 minutes. It's like, yeah. And then they came out with the Ethernet, and that sped things up, and then Wi-Fi, and now we're, I don't know, we're at, what, 5G, I think, or somewhere around there. But um, I was home with, with this relative, and, and, and um, once again, you know, video games was, was our life, and so... Um, I, I came out one particular evening because all the adults were out and out and about. And, um, I saw the screen, and it, it was no longer images or photos, but it was an action. It was porn, and um, it was intense porn. I mean, it, it was crazy. The, the The level of darkness that I was introduced to when I was twelve years old, and 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 so this started me on a, on a, 
just on a journey. I was overexposed. I was confused. I was excited. I was nervous. I didn't know what to do with what I had just seen two years in a row through this individual. And as a result, my first email, anyone remember AOL? AOL. Y'all see, y'all don't know AOL, some of y'all. AOL. Y'all got at Gmail, and, and now you can make your own domains, but AOL. Uh, you've got mail. AOL. AOL. I had a gateway computer. Anyone remember the gateway company? Man, good old days. Computers was big, and you had to dust them, and the thick cord, and plug it in. Just Now y'all got laptops, and phones, and tablets. and So yeah, um, my first email that I created was once was blind at AOL.com. And, and my, my parents thought it was super cool, right? They thought it was creative, but they didn't know that what I was referring to was, man, my, my, my entire world has been changed. I've seen things that I shouldn't have been exposed to in the way that I was exposed to them. And um, I, I spelled it O-N-Z-E-W-A-Z. You know, you're 12 and you gotta have your little stuff, like I'm different and I'm, it's all quirky. <laughs> once was blind. My perspective was polluted. Um, it was being molded. It had been altered. I think a lot of the failure of the church is, is sometimes we overprotect our children a bit too much. I'm not saying we should overexpose them to, too soon to inappropriate things, but what I am saying is we, we have to learn how to have the, the discussion a little bit early on. So, so that, so that when, we're, when we're exposed to certain things, we're not, it's not like shell shock. You know what I mean? Like we're, you know, it's not like a culture shock or something. But we, we ought to be having these talks. Now, I, I heard all the music. You know, my, my dad, Luther Vandross and Barry, Barry White, and I heard all the music. But now I knew what it meant, right? Even now, we, we're trying to watch some of our R&B because there's some grooves. You know, that new Bieber album is fire. <laughs> it's fire. And so Jay, Jay knows all the lyrics now, you know. My love for you's habitual, yeah. Can't nobody, it's rotten, right? So now I gotta, I gotta take responsibility and begin to have the discussion about what he means about that before it, before it comes in the wrong way. And um, so I started this journey of, of delving into watching more of it and taking that next step and eventually that created an addiction over the next 10 or 11 years or so in my life that started at 12. Um, I began to see women and girls as objects not as individuals who are created in the image of God. Um, lust became rampant in my heart and in my mind. Uh, as young as 12, 13 years old I started to undress uh, girls with my eyes. And um, there are some stats out there that says today, back, back when, when I was that age, the average age for the first time you saw porn was 14. Uh, today, the average age of first time exposure is 10 years old. Um, it's as early as eight-year-olds. Some, some have reported six-year-olds. Um, porn sites receive more regular traffic than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined each month. 80% um, of porn exposure happens at home. 94% um, of kids will view porn by the age of 13. Um, the studies show that boys become less empathetic towards women as we grow up. 
Um, and it's harder to build healthy relationships in our adult life when that clings on to us so soon. Um, married men become twice or two times as likely to get divorced if this becomes an issue in your teenage years. Um, and this was very startling. 68% of Christian men and 36% of Christian women view porn on a regular basis. Uh, the one that, that really rocked my boat was 50% of pastors view porn on a weekly basis. Um, so we're all, we're all, most of us, not all of us according to this, but most of us are really struggling with this thing, with this lust thing. Um, so, but how many of you know that, that, that these, these things, infidelity and sleeping around and pornography, they're not the issue. They're not the issue. The issue is deeper than that. They're actually the symptom of what's, of what's really the problem. And what that became a reality for me is, is that I had become spiritually sick before I even had a chance to, to grow in a healthy way. And um, the root issue is this. It is perspective. Go ahead and write that down. The root issue is perspective. Perspective is, is the way, here it is, I'll pull up the definition, the way that we see something based on our experience. Perspective is the way that we see something based on our experience. So I had experienced something. I had um, underwent a certain season in my life, those two summers, and it really created my mindset. It molded my mindset about relationships and interactions with, with women and, and so on and so forth. And, and what needed to happen was a shift in how I thought about pleasure and how I thought about sexual interactions and how I thought about women. What I needed was the spirit of God to shift my life um, because if not, I was going to go down a road that was not going to be good at all. It wasn't going to be good for my future wife, if that was even a potential thing, my future kids, I was only going to continue down the same track. If, if you know me, I'm the baby of 24 on my dad's side. I'm the very last one of 24 on my dad's side. My mom had two of us, and, and we had just went to Florida here a few weeks ago, and I had breakfast with seven of my brothers on my dad's side. And, um, man, I, I had always wondered, having met them all maybe a handful of times, I had always wondered, who is your mom, who is your mom, who is your mom? So out of those 24 kids, I was able to sit at breakfast that day and say, oh, you're my brother who, who he always talked about, and I talked to you on the phone once or twice, right? You, that's your mom. Oh, you're Miss, you're Miss Brenda's son. Oh, you, oh, uh, uh. And I sat there at that table, and I, called, uh, I counted at least six mothers, of us kids. But it's all good. God, God, God is good, and we love each other, and we love our father, and, and, and we were able to baptize my dad here three years ago, and, and, and he, he follows the Lord now. God is just gracious like that, right? We, we, we make our mistakes. We make our bad decisions, but he's still there. He's still loving, and um, come on. We can celebrate that. God is good, But just because God loves us, it doesn't mean that we won't forego the consequences. I don't want us to be mistaken 
about God's grace and his love and his redemption and the consequences of our actions. And I was heading down that same road, the same same road of consequence. So as I gave my life to Christ at 19, a shift in my mentality was necessary. A shift, a perspective was necessary. Now I come to discover not only is God's way different, but God's way as it pertains to sex is better. Not only is it different, it's better. It's better than what the culture promotes. It's better than what the music promotes in the movies and in, in, in Instagram and Facebook. It's better. It's better. It's healthier. It's better. So I want to bring a message to you entitled, Consider This. And what I want to do is I want to outline three healthy considerations on sex. Three healthy considerations. Number one, consider waiting. Consider waiting. You, you know, it, it takes time to... To do anything great, it, take, it takes time. It takes time. We, we moved here, Laura, May of 2016. So in two months, we would have moved here four years. We moved here with seven adults and two kids. So nine people, almost two handfuls of people. And I, I remember very, very vividly the second service, the second service of Highlight. It was 40 people in this church um, between the adults and the kids and everyone on stage, 40 people. The room felt empty, empty. But now today, more than three years later, this church doesn't look anything like it looked in week two. I mean, we, we, we've, done, we've done so much, and we've, we've grown so much, and, and, and we're moving into a, a permanent building, and it's just been three years. And so we, we've, just, we've done so much. But it takes time to build something great. We have a few pregnant uh, women here in the church. It takes, it takes nine months, conception, then birth. It takes time to, to bring that baby full, full health, full, full steam, full circle. And, and then when they come, Jesus says that joy happens when that baby is born. But it took nine months. It wasn't just conception and birth. It, it takes time to get higher education. It takes time to build relationships. It takes time to build something great. What am I saying? I'm saying that the wait is worth it. So the first perspective here or consideration is consider waiting because the wait is worth it. And the first one I want to hit on is single and waiting. Single and waiting. Psalm 12, 6b says this, like silver tried in a furnace, purified seven times over. Like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times over. Even if you've never been with another person, even if you're still pure in that area, God is purifying you. He, he's cleaning your mind. He, he, he's, 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 he's setting you free of, of your parents, their mindset, their habits, their addictions, their struggles. He's purifying you. He's, he's refining you. He's making you better. He's stabilizing you. Because when you enter into a relationship with a person at that level in that way, I mean, your emotions and your mentality is all off. Where are they at? Who are they talking to? Did they really go to work? Are they really at school? Are they really at home? Are they really at home by themselves? Sleep. What are they doing? You're all off kilter. You're all off balance. So if you're single, what, what it allows you to do is to become better. Better, 
to, to become purified. It's just like with, with, with anything that concerns gold. Uh, I don't know if you've ever studied the gold rush, San Francisco in the 1840s, 1850s. They would find these big chunks of gold in the ground, and they would pull them up. But all the gold was covered by dirt and sediments and rocks and oil and, and mud, and it was stuck to the gold. So what you got to do is you got to put that gold and that silver through, through a refining pro- process. What's on the inside of all that dirt is pure, but you, you got you to purify that thing. So as you're single and as you're waiting, God's intention is to purify you. You can be single, you can be a virgin, but you can still have impure thoughts. You can be a single and a virgin and still have a nasty attitude. You can be single and a virgin and still turning, turning, turning hell upside down. You know what I mean? But God wants to purify your attitude. He wants to purify your mindset. He wants to set you free. Why is this important? It's important because you have value. And in the season of waiting, your value is increasing. Your value, your value, your value is increasing. Your value is increasing. As you walk with God, he purifies you. That makes you more valuable. That, 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 makes you, that makes you more of a prize for the person that God is preparing for you. And a couple things here. When you're single and waiting, you have the opportunity, write this down, to become the best version of yourself. This right now, this season, while you're single, you get the opportunity to become the best version of yourself. Best version. Get that, ne- get that negativity out. Get, get, get those mindsets, that poverty mindset out. Get that victim mentality out. Get, you, give God that, that anxiety, that depression. You, you, you have the opportunity to become the best version of yourself. Right now, you're not constrained to any relationships. You're free. You have time. Get in that gym. Start eating well. Get your prayer life right. Get to know the word of God. This right now is the opportunity to become the best version of yourself. Number two is the opportunity to become the healthiest version of yourself. Purified seven times. Seven times. I was washing clothes uh, last night, and the Holy Spirit led me to some old worship I used to listen to um, when I, when I was, when I first came to Christ, Israel Halton, Israel and New Breed. And there was a song, there was a song I'd always go to. It's called To Worship You I Live. And I remember, I remember sophomore in college, 19 years old in my room, I would play that song over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And oh, I would study to that song. I would pray to that song. I would open my windows and talk to God out the window to that song. I would, I would read my Bible to that song. I would cry to that song. And it was truly the season where he was purifying me and setting me free and making me whole and filling me up with joy and filling me up with peace to the point where I didn't feel as though I needed anyone to bring that into my life. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live to worship you. (laughs) Come on, here it is. I feel that right now. 
you just, you just, ah. And, and it, it was, that was fresh off of a relationship. I was dating a girl and I was talking to another one. I just came to Jesus Christ. And I told her within two weeks, I just said, we can't do this anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. I don't know. I love God. I, you may consider it as weird. I don't want to judge you. But we, we, can't, we can't do this. You can't spend the night anymore. You got to go home. And kicked her butt out. And grew in my worship life. And, 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 and all the voids started to start. God started to fill me up in worship and worship and worship and worship. Becoming healthy. What was God doing? Uh, the Bible says that, um, man, it, it teaches about like generational curses. And I get all that. But I, I think there's something deeper than generational curses. I think there are generational tendencies yeah. and habits that are, that are passed down in our DNA. And, and if you're not careful and if you don't give it up to God, you, you, can, you can slip into those same things that mom and dad kind of slipped in. So during, during that season of, of worshiping the Lord, I, f- I felt like certain spirits that had oppressed my family for decades were lifting off. It was just, it was, it was just lifting off. Yes. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live to worship you. Israel, new breed, to worship you, I live. Y'all need to write that down. You got it, sweetie? Don't look at me. And my pink shirt. You tired of WGTS 91.9. You need something new in your life. They play the same stuff all the time. That's why you come in church and you just look at the screen. Waymaker, miracle worker. Heard this five times coming here. My God, can I get some new worship music? That's what you need to ride to tonight. Kick your wife out. Kick your husband out. Kick your boyfriend out. Kick your girlfriend out. And just get free. Get free and get full. Come on, praise God. Get free, get fuel, get purified. Truly it is, single and waiting. It's the greatest time to become the healthiest you because God wants to present you at your maximum value to your future partner. Number two here, consider waiting. Number two, married and pacing under the consider waiting. Married and pacing. Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, the message. Restless in bed. This is the girl talking about Solomon. Restless in bed, sleepless through the night. I longed for my lover. I wanted him desperately. His absence was painful, so I got up, went out, and roved the city. Haunting through streets and down alleys. I wanted my lover in the worst way. I looked high and low and didn't find him. Then the night... Watchmen found me as they patrolled the darkened city. Have you seen my dear lost love? I asked. No sooner had I left them than I found him. Found my dear lost love. I threw my arms around him and held him tight. Wouldn't let him go until I had him home again, safe at home beside the fire. Oh, let me warn you, sisters in Jerusalem. 
by the gazelles, yes, by all the wild deer. Don't excite love. Don't stir it up until the time is ripe and you're ready. That goes for single people and married. The, the research that they're conducting now now shows that the wisest couples, here it is if you're taking notes, the wisest couples create pace in their sex culture, in their sex lives, in their marriage. Create pace. It's so important that you create pace. So, so let me comfort some of my married people. If you're, not, if you're not jumping around like rabbits two or three times a day, it's all good. That ain't healthy anyway. Now, you can't sit under this message if you go be religious. My church never talked about this growing up. That's why you don't go to that church anymore and you're here. They need to talk about it. Two things that will never be taboo at Highlight is money and sex. You know, I have been saying that for three years. And, and I have talked about money a lot, a lot of times, talked about money. But uh, God finally laid this relationship series on my heart, and I'm like, all right, God, I've been talking this big talk. I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> and he said, all right, I'm going to give you a message, okay? It's going to be good. But they say the research now shows that there's a pace to it. There's a pace because you, you want to build that desire. You had that interaction, and you want to wait on it. What, what does this mean? This also means communicate frequently. Go ahead and write that down. You got to communicate frequently, honestly. Be transparent about what you want and what you don't want, what you like and what you dislike. You need to be open about that, seriously. Because, Lord, help me. (laughs) You need to be open about that, seriously. I mean, they they go away thinking they done did something. And you're like, you got to be open. You got to tell them, when you did that thing, I... I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling that. You got to tell them. Because if you don't, you're, you're gonna, a, a foothold, the Bible talks about, for, for Satan will creep in. And, and you'll begin, your thoughts will go in other directions. Well, you know, that person and this person and my ex and this. You got to have the honest talks about what's not pleasing you. What, what can we try? What can we do different? Go ahead and write this down. Be creative with date night. Be creative with date night. Do different things. Um, have different aromas, different smells. Man, it's okay to go, go to the lingerie store, buy her something, and, 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 and hand it to her. I'm being real. I'm being real. Y'all okay out there? I got a quiet church. You're looking around. We won't do another series if y'all go look at me funny now. Research shows that the best married sex, here it is, seeks quality over quantity. And they've actually zoned in on how once a week is that perfect flow. Once a week. Once a week. Second consideration, here it is. Number two, consider the proper place. Consider the proper place. There's no way you would sow an apple, a seed for an apple tree, and cement slab. It, it won't break. It won't, it won't take root. You, you don't sow a seed that needs a lot of water and water-resistant soil. 
And the same can be said with sex. You, you can't sow sex in any kind of soil because it won't, it won't flourish. It won't fulfill. It won't prosper. It may for a moment, it may bring pleasure for a moment, but it won't, it won't have its intended function or, or result that God created it for. And so I love 1 Corinthians 6, 16, 18. The message says this, there is more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. If you're looking at that, you need, you need to write that down. It's as much spiritual mystery than physical fact. As written in scripture, the two become one. The two become one. Since we want to become spiritually one with the master, Jesus, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever. The kind of sex that can never become one. So it's temporary, but that person is not yours. You're not married. You're not committed. You're not under the blessing and the covenant of God. There's no, there's no vertical commitment to honoring you, and there's no horizontal commitment to that is what the Bible is saying. And he says this here, there's a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. So you ever notice how when you lie, it's really hurting the other person? They won't figure it out till later. Or when you steal or when someone kills someone or when someone, you know, covets something or whatever. That's all that all affects other people. But the Bible is saying that sexual sin is different from all the other sins because it really hurts you. It hurts you. And he says this here in sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies. These bodies that were these bodies that were made for God given and God modeled love for becoming one with another. The purpose of your body is to become one with another. It's to become one with another. Now, now, now we're going to delve right now into this, the, the doctrine of, 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 of the Trinity in a sense. So the Bible says that you were created in the image of God. In Genesis, God says, let us create man and women, male and female, in our image. Who was God talking to? Well, God is triune. Okay, write this down. One, one of the things that, one of the ways it means to be created in the image of God, it means that you are triune. You are a triune being. God is Father, God is Son, and God is Holy Spirit. One person, three different functions. He is three in one. So part of the image means that you are a representation of God in the earth. It means that you have authority. It means a whole lot of things, but we'll stick on the triune. You are also triune. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, Paul says that you are body, soul, and spirit. You are three in one. What you see is body. But what lives on forever is your soul. Your soul is sustained by the spirit of God in you. Yes. All right, so let, let's go a little bit deeper. So your body is the physical component. All right. Your soul is broken down into three parts as well. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. So how you think, what you desire, and how you feel. And then you're also made up of the spirit. So when the Bible says that when God created Adam and formed him of the dust of the earth, that he breathed the breath of life. The word their breath is ruach in the Hebrew, and it means spirit. It's pneuma in the Greek, breath. He's, that is that self-sustaining power that keeps your soul alive because God is self-existent. 
He's self-sustaining. So he gave you his spirit. Anytime God says, okay, it's time for them to come to heaven, he's going to, and you die and you come to heaven. Right now, the spirit of God is sustaining all of us. As a matter of fact, every time you breathe, you, you, your, your breath makes the sound of Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Hud, thud, hud, thud, hud, thud. So even if you don't believe in God, he's still going to get his worship out of you because all humans were created in, in his image. It doesn't even matter. So Paul said, hey, uh, you might as well bow the knee right now and just Jesus is Lord. Just, just, just do it. Because even as you breathe, you're worshiping God. At any rate, you are body, soul, and spirit. And when you have sexual intercourse, what you're doing is you're mixing body, soul, and spirit. So you're mixing physical their thoughts are becoming your thoughts. Their desires are becoming your desires. Their feelings are becoming your feelings. And the thing that sustains them, your spirit, is the thing that begins to sustain you. And this is when you get into the doctrine of soul ties. So anytime you have sex with an individual outside of marriage and you leave that context or you break up with that person, you take a piece of them with you into your next season of life or into your next relationship. You've never liked barbecue in your life. <laughs> now all of a sudden you want some barbecue. You, 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 you never liked Sprite in your life. But that person, you're, you are a, 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 a seltzer water person. But that person loves Sprite. And now that you were with them, you like Sprite. You never cursed in your life. You never had a day of depression or anxiety in your life. But since you, we intertwined with them, what was on them is now on and in us. So you got to consider the proper place when it comes to sex because you get tied up with people. The proper place for sex is marriage. It's marriage. And so Hebrews 13 says this, verse 4. Hebrews 13, verse 4 says this. It says, marriage should be honored by all. By single people, by married people, it should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. But zone in on that first part there. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. Don't sow sex in the soil of singleness. Yeah. I'm dealing with the symptom right now. We'll, we'll get to the root even the more, but I just want to encourage you. Don't sow sex in the soil of friendship because there's no commitment there. Don't sow sex in the soil of dating. You, you haven't made it there yet. Wait, wait. Wait, because as we just saw, it's a very powerful thing. Okay, I love what Worsby said. He said, sex outside of marriage is like a man robbing a bank. He goes and he takes money that one day he's going to have to pay for. But he said, sex in marriage is like going to deposit money in the bank. There's safety, there's security, and you're going to collect dividends on it. So here it is. Sex in marriage is an investment. Sex outside of marriage is a withdrawal. 
It's a withdrawal. Not only are you withdrawing from someone else, but eventually what you've withdrawn from them will be withdrawn from you, and you're going to have to continue to go back to that source. So it's a, it's a reason to wait because there's an investment, and you collect dividends. Go ahead and write this down. Marriage is the first human institution established by God. I'll tell you how powerful marriage is. It's the first human institution. Even before the church was established, marriage was established. Even before government was established, marriage was established. Marriage is, and a lot of people say marriage is just a piece of paper. It's more than that. Marriage is a commitment between two people before God. So it's a commitment. It's saying, I'm here for you. Uh, rich, poor, sickness and health, until death do us part. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm selfless. I give myself to you. I give my time to you. I give my thoughts to you. I give my body to you. Paul talks about in Corinthians how my body doesn't belong to me. Pastor Kyra's body doesn't belong to her. Her body belongs to me and my body belongs to her. So there's a need for communication. For communication, I, I may, you know, I may want to, and she may want to, and it's like, I'm tired. And it's like, girl, you shouldn't be tired. It ain't time to be tired. I'm like, baby, I'm tired. She's a boy, you ain't tired. You better get up. It ain't time to be tired. There has to be communication. Has to be communication. Y'all all right? And this is most important. Marriage is blessed by God. Here it is. Research. University of Chicago socialist Linda Waite spent much of her career studying the effects of marriage on various demographics over four decades. And she came to this conclusion. A good marriage is both men's and women's best bet for living a long and healthy life. Four decades across the world. Hundreds of thousands of people. It's a man and a woman's best bet for a long, healthy life. And this is what she found. You're more likely to, number one, live longer. A good marriage. Physically healthier. Mentally healthier. Happier. Financially wealthier. You recover from illness quicker. And more successfully because of that support system. Because of that nucleus. She says this here. Greater sexual satisfaction. Faction. It is scientifically proven that married people have better sex when it's healthy than single people. Because there's something deeper there that is founded upon. Marriage is the proper place for sex to function, flourish, and bring fulfillment. It's, it's the blessing of God. So, so, so my married people right now, if you're struggling in your marriage... You got you got to reconcile. You got to heal. Right now, the temptation is to think that it's better to not be in this relationship. The grass is greener on the other side. For my single people, don't don't rush it. Don't rush it. Wait it out. Wait it out. Get your balance. The third consideration is consider God's plan for your life. Consider God's plan for your life. Consider his plan. So from, from, from 12, for me, that, that journey started with the, with the videos and all that stuff. And it sent me on this trajectory for seven years of just multiple partners, so on and so forth. And uh, when I came to Christ, when I was 19 years old, um, 
he, he did three things. This is so important to notate. God, God will do three things in your life. He will redeem you through the love of Jesus Christ. He'll redeem you. He will refine you. And he wants to reward you. Or you can also put what the Bible teaches here. He will justify you, sanctify you, and glorify you. So, so if there is a past, and I know this message was balanced. It was funny and it was heavy. I get it. And we all can enter into this message at any level. That's good preaching, though. I want to tell you that. If I didn't preach balance, if I didn't preach truth, I wouldn't love you. And I'd allow you to continue in your thoughts and your dysfunction. There's balance. I want to tell you there, there's justification. When, when Jesus hung on that cross and he shed his blood, that was for the forgiveness of every mistake and bad decision and sin that we've ever made, past, present, and future. And when you, when you give your heart to Jesus, it's just as if you had never sinned. It's justification. But that's, that's salvation. That, that's the first step. That, that's good, but it's not, that's not it. M- missing hell is not the goal. The goal is to grow. And, and so came to Christ at 19, and what, what he started to do is refine and sanctify. You know all those partners I talked about? For seven years of, of purity, by the strength of God, he started to untie the soul ties. Because he was saying, you, you can't go into the marriage I have for you with her mentality. You, you can't have her habits, her addictions when you meet this woman. I have to untie you from those past relationships. Got to help you become more like me. I got to help you to understand that relationships aren't all about self, self-pleasure but serving someone else. That's sanctification, becoming more like Christ. And then you get a piece of his glory in marriage. Marriage is a representation between Jesus and the church. That's when marriage is, you get a piece of the supernatural glory of God. And you're not too young or too old for God to process you for a new, healthy, godly marriage. So don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. PK as well. PK, um, if you get a chance, you sit down and learn her story. Powerful story. Had a history. Obviously, when I met her, she had a two-year-old boy. But when we met each other and she came to Christ, she got a balance. And God was untying all, all of those experiences, untying them for a year and a half so that she would become whole for me. You are a gift. You're a gift. So my encouragement to you is is that you are not your past. You are not your divorce. You are not your struggling marriage. You are not your bad mistakes. You are not your past partners. You are not that current porn addiction. You are not. You are free. You are chosen. You are loved. You're not that. You're not. And Jesus died so that you would be free. 
And God has a plan. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We give you honor and we give you praise, God. And we thank you for your word, Lord. Your powerful word. We thank you for your truths, your promises. We thank you that you are the God of all comfort. We thank you that you are the God who redeems, refines, and rewards. So I just want to give you an opportunity right now. You are in the perfect posture of prayer. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, because truth be told, you need Christ in order to experience fulfillment in every relationship. You need Christ. You need the Lord. I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus this morning or to come back to him. Just by simply praying this prayer, the Bible says that it is by faith that we are saved through grace. Grace is a free gift, free gift of salvation. Go ahead and pray this after me. Say, Father God, I love you. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Refine me. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for hanging on that cross and shedding your blood for my forgiveness. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. Love you guys.